This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Feel the pressure 
flat out kahukura whanau, no ma haramai, no mai hoki mai. Welcome Rainbow Farnau and welcome back if you are coming back to us. You are tuned into the station and the show that celebrates us, the Glit Fab Rainbow Farno. That's gay, lesbian, intersex, transgender, takatapui, queer, questioning, fafafine, akaiwine, asexual, aromantic, bi, and all the fabulousness in between. And of course, that's sort of those scopes because sometimes fluidity is where it's at. Flat out, you are tuned into Free FM 89.0. Uh, independent community media. Tuia Ngario Otehapuri, bringing together the voices of our community. You can live stream your podcast us via freefm.org.nz, the accessmedia.nz app, the TuneIn app, be uh, your Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and now on iHeartRadio. Boom. That's all the places you can tap in. And of course, you can go to our Flat Out Pride page on Bookface and tap in there as well. We love having you on board. Welcome to our Funky Friday. We have TED Talks for our kids through genders from around the globe and queer clips. Beats peppered through there and a banger to move you into your new year. We love your continued listening um, support. Have a safe one, y'all, but just stay with me for the show. The one before we go into the new. So, wee, 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 wee. Uh, we're going to have, of course, what's hot and happening for your coming weekend. Then it is the uh, queer clips, snippets from all over the show I wanted to share with y'all. Third genders from around the globe. Uh, we can fit in as many as we can within the time frame that we've got. And TED Talks, why kids need to learn about gender and sexuality. Compliments of Lindsay Ammer. So that is what's hot and happening on your show, Farno. And we're going to get into the goodness straight away. TED Talks, stay tuned. All right, let's get this kicked off. It's okay to be gay. We are different in many ways. Doesn't matter if you're a boy, girl, or somewhere in between. We all are part of one big family. Hear it, queer kid stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Opening a performance with lyrics like It's okay to be gay for a room full of adults is one thing, but it's entirely different for a room full of kindergartners. What you just heard is the theme song for my web series, Queer Kid Stuff, where I make LGBTQ plus and social justice videos for all ages. And when I say all ages, I mean literal babies to your great great grandma. Now I know what you're thinking. Whoa, they're talking about gay stuff with kids. But talking to kids about gay stuff is actually crucial. The American Academy of Pediatrics has found that children have a solid understanding of their gender identity by the age of four. 
This is when children are developing their sense of self. They're observing the world around them, absorbing that information and internalizing it. Now, most parents want their children to become kind, empathetic, self-confident adults, and exposure to diversity is an important part of that social and emotional development. And gender non-conforming kids and trans kids and kids with trans and non-binary and queer parents are everywhere. In the series, my stuffed bear co-host and I talk about the LGBT community, activism, gender and pronouns, consent, and body positivity. We tackle these topics through songs, not unlike the one you just heard, simple definitions, and metaphors. We approach these ideas to steal a phrase from an old professor of mine from under the doorknob, getting down to toddler height and looking up at the great big world through their tiny little eyes. Taking these seemingly complex ideas and simplifying them, not dumbing them down, but homing in on the core concept. Gender is about how we feel and how we express ourselves. Sexuality is about love and gender and family, not about sex. And these are all ideas children can grasp. In one of my earliest episodes about gender, I used the idea of pronouns to underscore the definition and introduce gender-neutral pronouns like they and them. I encourage children to think about their own pronouns and to ask others for theirs. In later episodes, I build on this foundation and introduce big fancy words like non-binary and transgender. I get emails from viewers in their 20s who use my videos to explain non-binary gender to their grandparents. But I get one comment over and over again. Let kids be kids. Well, that's a nice sentiment and all, but only if it actually includes all kids. Just a few weeks ago, a 15-year-old in Huntsville, Alabama, died by suicide after being bullied for being gay. In 2018, it was a seven-year-old in Denver, Colorado. There have been and will be many more. Lesbian, gay, and bisexual teens are more than three times more likely to attempt suicide than their heterosexual peers, and transgender teens are almost six times more likely. According to one study, roughly one third of homeless youth identify as lesbian, gay, bisexual, or questioning, and about four percent of homeless youth identify as transgender, compared with one percent. Of the general youth population surveyed, according to the Human Rights Campaign, there have been 128 killings of trans people in 87 cities across 32 states since 2013, and those are only the reported cases. And 80% of those killings were of trans women of color. The queer situation is. Bleak, to say the least. The YouTube comments on my videos are not much better. I'm used to the harassment. I get messages daily telling me I'm a pedophile and that I should kill myself in a number of increasingly creative ways. I once had to put the word "truck" on my block list because someone wanted me to get run over by a truck. 
shower and oven are in there too for the less creative and more disturbing Holocaust reference. When neo-Nazis marched in Charlottesville, I was unsurprised to learn that the creator of a violent Reddit meme about one of my episodes was in the Tiki Torch crowd. This barrage of negativity is what we're up against. The crushing statistics, the violence, the mental health risks, the well-meaning but flawed response my parents gave me when I came out that they didn't want me to have a harder life. That's what we're up against. But in the face of all that, I choose joy. I choose rainbows and unicorns and glitter, and I sing that it's okay to be gay with my childhood stuffed teddy bear. I make queer media for kids because I wish I had this when I was their age. I make it so others don't have to struggle through what I did, not understanding my identity because I didn't have any exposure to who I could be. I teach and spread this message through joy and positivity instead of framing it around the hardships of queer life. I want kids to grow up and into themselves with pride for who they are and who they can be, no matter who they love or what they wear or what pronouns they use. And I want them to love others for their differences, not in spite of them. I think fostering this pride and empathy will make the world a kinder and more equal place, and combat the bigotry and hate that festers in our world. So, talk to a kid about gender. Talk to a kid about sexuality. Teach them about consent. Tell them it is okay for boys to wear dresses and for girls to speak up. Let's spread radical queer joy. Thank you.
You're tuned back into the Flat Out Pride Hour here on Free FM 89.0, independent community media. Live stream and podcast us for freefm.org.nz. Accessmedia.nz app, the Apple Podcast, Spotify, and now on High Heart Radio. Flat Out. That is us. That last beat there was. Electric Dream by Shape Shifter. Flat out. Uh, the TED Talks was um, Why Kids Need to Learn About Gender and Sexuality by Lindsay Emma, who actually has their own channel that is tailor-made information specifically for our tamariki. Yeah, love that, love that. Okay, we're going into next third genders from around the globe. And then a beat. Uh, Takeover by Lee Matthews. Uh, the top and number one DMB. Um, summertime vibe uh, beat from Aotearoa for your listening pleasure. So in this Kaupapafana I wanted to share with you 10 societies that recognise more than two genders. Alright, several countries have passed laws recognising the existence of a third or other gender, making it seem as if having a sex identity, apart from the usual male or female, is unheard of. In certain countries, third or non-binary genders are only recognised if a person is born with sex traits that fall outside the usual definitions for male and female bodies. Now, some countries also allow other classifications for individuals with gender identities that are not the same as the sex assigned to them at birth. However, the existence of other genders is actually normal among some tribes, nations and religions which have recognised more than two genders for centuries. In fact, they may identify up to six different genders. Now, first up is the hijaras. Uh, they are men who consider themselves to be women. They behave like women, use makeup, wear female clothes. They are legally recognised as the third gender in India, Pakistan, Bangladesh and Nepal. However, not all hijiras like this classification and prefer to be categorised as women. They have been recognised in India for thousands of years and are even mentioned in sacred Hindu writings. However, they fell out of public favour when the British colonists passed a law classifying them as criminals in 1897. Many went underground, abandoning their communities for areas where they lived together with a woman they regarded as their mother figure. They even developed a secret language, uh, Hijana Farsi, which they used to communicate among themselves. However, they continued to suffer discrimination, violence and harassment even after the British left. Doctors refused their medical treatment. Police officers harassed them and employers just avoided them. This left many impoverished, forcing them into prostitution. Now today, hijiras have a higher than usual rate of HIV infection in India. Approximately 18% of all hijiras in Mumbai are HIV positive. This is too high considering that only 0.3% of Indians are HIV positive. Uh, the Mukts of Mexico, the Zapotec people of Oaxaca, I hope I'm saying this right, in Mexico, recognize the existence of a third gender called Mukts. 
Although they are generally men who identify as women, there is no consensus on what makes a person a mooks, leaving people to determine their personal standards for who qualifies as a mooks and who does not. Some even doubt whether mooks can be classified as a third gender. Their name, mooks, alternatively spelled M-U-X-H-E-S, is from Mujo, which means woman in Spanish. But mooks are not women and refuse to be classified as such. They are not gay, transgender or bisexual either. The Zapotec language complicates this because it is a gender neutral. Nice. Someone writing about mooks in another language or translating texts about mooks to a language that is not gender neutral may have problems determining whether to use he or she. Mooks are celebrated in Oaxaca. They even have a dedicated festival, Villa de las Intrepidas, Vigil of the Intrepids, which lasts for three days. However, they are not always welcome in other parts of Mexico, where controversies have arisen when they used female bathrooms. All right. Going over now to a different part of the globe in Oman, the word exanthus is used to describe a man who behaves like a woman. Exanthus use makeup, oil their hair, and engage in other activities traditionally categorized as feminine. They are tolerated in the conservative Islamic because of the belief that they inherited their effeminate behaviour and do not deliberately behave like women. Nevertheless, they usually try to differentiate themselves from women. For instance, while men wear plain white tunics and women wear brightly coloured pattern tunics, exanists wear solid colour tunics. They also keep their hair at medium length between the shorter hair of men and the longer hair of women. They usually comb their hair diagonally. Men regularly comb their hair from the front to the back, while women comb it from the back to the front. Now, sometimes they engage with sex with men. However, they, however, an ex, exanith would become a man if the exanith married a woman or reached old age. Hmm. There we go, in Mexico. Uh, here we go, another part of the world, Indonesia. The Bugis tribe of Indonesia recognises five genders. The Bugis people of Indonesia recognise five genders. So, Oroane, mainly men. Mukukunrei, womanly women. Kalabai, womanly men. Kalalai. Mainly woman and bisu, half male and half female. The oroane and the mukunrei fit what was once thought of as the traditional definitions of men and women, respectively. Uh, the kalabai are men who behave like women. Despite this, they do not like to be considered as women. On the other hand, the kalalai are women who behave like men. They dress like men, have male mannerisms, and take on traditionally male jobs. Uh, the business occupy a position between men and women, even though they are neither. 
Nevertheless, they dress like men and women at the same time. They are also believed to be half-human, half-deities who have magical powers and can be possessed by spirits. They are even said to be the first creatures to have appeared on earth. There are two ways to be a bisu. The first is to be a hermaphrodite, having both male and female reproductive organs. The other is to have a soul belonging to the opposite sex. For instance, a woman believed to have the soul of a man is considered a bisu and vice versa. Sometimes this method allows kalalais and kalabais to become bisus. Wow, interesting. Going over now to the Native American culture, the two-spirit people of North America. This is a catch-all word for intersex, half-male and half-female, female-male and male-female in a Native American culture. Now, generally, anyone belonging to one gender but believed to have the characteristics of the other gender is considered to be two-spirit. They often do work associated with both genders and are usually considered a good omen. Male females marry women, while female males marry men. Many of us would consider this to be homosexuality, but Native Americans do not. Female males used to be called Budachi. The Spanish colonists that first arrived in the Americas labelled them homosexuals, leading to discrimination against them at that time. Now, the discrimination continued when Christian missionaries got involved, no surprises there, at the beginning of the 20th century, causing many to commit suicide. Um, Budashis resurfaced in the 1960s when Native American and gay activism gained a foothold in the US. In the 1990s, they dumped the already abused Budashi name for two spirits. Right, here's another interesting one I've never heard of before. The six genders of classical Judaism. Old Judaism, 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 recognize six genders. Zakar, Nikivah, Androgynos, Elonit, Saris, and Tumtum. A Zakar is male. A Nikiva is female, and an androgynous is half male, half female. And a Lonit is a female who becomes male at puberty. A Saris is a male who becomes a female at puberty, and a Tumtum is an indeterminate gender. Wow, mouthful. The fact that tum-tums were of an indefinite gender allowed them to enjoy perks associated with both males and females. They could get married to men and women. However, the gender of their marriage partner determined the gender role they would assume. So a tum-tum who married a woman assumed the gender role of a husband, while a tum-tum who married a man, well, you, you can guess it, assumed, assumed the gender role of a wife. Wow. That is the six genders of classical Judaism. Amazing, never heard of that. The Fa'afine of Samoa. So the people of Samoa recognize a third gender called Fa'afine. The term refers to boys raised as girls. This is very evident in their name. In Samoa, Fa'a means in the manner of, while Fa'afine means woman. Fa'afine categorize themselves as a distinct gender and refuse to be identified 
identified as transgender or homosexual because those terms describe males and females. They take up the gender and sexual roles associated with women, although they can also get into relationships with women and other whawhawhine. Whawhawhine are believed to be born that way, although some boys could be deliberately turned. It is not unusual for parents with many male children's and no female children to raise one of the boys as a girl. This conversion will usually lead to abuse. If the boys refuse, their parents will insist that they are girls and continue to raise them as such. If the boys accept the conversion, other boys, including their brothers, will strip, tie and beat them back into masculinity. Oh, karoha. Some boys will even turn to male sports like football to prove that they are men and not women. Oh, hekama. That sounds painful. Madagascans recognise the existence of a third gender called Sikrata. Sik Sikrata. These individuals are boys who are raised as girls and grow up to become women. Sikratas usually have feminine characteristics, causing many people to assume that Sikratas are women in a man's skin. Uh, Sigratas believe they are women. They talk and behave like women. They also wear long hair and jewellery and avoid male activities like joining the army and herding cows. Sigratas are usually feared and are believed to have magical powers. It is believed that they can curse people who insult them. Going over to the Dominion Republic, some tribes uh, recognise a third gender called uh, Gwen... I, th- I hope I'm saying that right. That does not have a visible penis at birth. In these cases, the ure looks more like a vagina, causing the parents to believe that their baby is a girl. These children have, uh, you know, have been given feminine names and raised as girls until their ure suddenly appear when they reach pu- puberty. Now, in the 70s, Dr. Julianne Imperato. McGinley of Cornell Medical College arrived to the Dominion Republic to investigate the condition after hearing rumours of girls turning into boys. He discovered that the boys actually had hidden ure caused by a genetic disorder that made their bodies produce insignificant amounts of enzyme 5 alpha reductase. Now this turns testosterone into dihydro testosterone, a hormone which causes embryos to have ure, or penises. Without this hormone, the embryos have a vagina. Now, the ure only appears during puberty because the body produces more testosterone at that time, causing the development of masculine features. However, some of their whanau do not like the sudden sex change and undergo sex reassignment surgery to remain woman. Now, the doctor also noticed that boys suffering from the condition always have small prostates. Further research by uh, pharmaceutical companies, Merrick, led to the development of finasteride, a drug used to treat enlarged prostates in men. And the last one we've got time for is the Warriors of Indonesia. Now, they are men who live their lives as women. They are believed to have feminine souls, even though they have male sex organs. Their name is a hybrid of Juanita and Priya. Juanita is woman and Priya is man. 
somebody else undergo sex assignment surgery, reassignment surgery, to become women. Others leave their male characteristics but take on effeminate behaviours. However, Indonesians have mixed feelings about the warriors. Some believe that they have spiritual powers and often employ them as priests and shamans. Others will discriminate against them and attack warriors in hostile environments. They may be stripped, harassed and beaten and sometimes have their heads shaved. Before they are banished with no source of income, many turn to prostitution. Wow, this is wow and wow. Listverse.com, Vano. That is our Kaupapa Kororo. We're going to go into a beat now. The song is called Takeover by Lee Matthews, one of the top songs or Aotearoa artists for drum and bass. Takeover. Stay tuned. We'll be back with you soon.
You're tuned back into the Flat Out Pride Hour here on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. Join us or join me, Lady H, on Fridays at 5 on your Free FM DAR. We love having you on board wherever you are across international waters or here in our very own Aotearoa. You can live stream and podcast us via freefm.org.nz. That is via accessmedia.nz app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and now on iHeartRadio. Flat out. Tuia Ngareo o Te Hapori, bringing together the voices of our community. That last BD was Takeover by Lee Matthews. The top DMB beat from Aotearoa banging out right now. Right, let's go into what is hot and happening next. Queer Clips. Now, intersectionality explained in less than three minutes. Transgender awareness, this was brought to us in November this year by a few of our very own sisters here in Waikato. Busting myths about HIV from Canada. This week, homosexuals in 1964, an extract taken from there. Soccer player Ashlyn Harris living her truth, telling her story. Then into a beat, Move Your Feet, Angelo Ferrari, Andrea Monta and Carl Eight. That's what's up next. Of course, weekend events to let you know what's hot and happening around Aotearoa. And our beat to wrap up, Get Yourself by Hatiras. So, next segment, let's go. The first queer clip, whānau, intersectionality explained in less than three minutes. Have a listen. So someone on Instagram asked which part of my identity I would fight for first, being black, being gay, or being a woman. And since the whole Dave Chappelle debacle, I've been seeing sentiments about how LGBTQ issues get prioritized over black issues. And after giving it a lot of thought, I realized that these parts of my identity cannot be separated and I'm going to explain why. Let's say I put being black before being a woman. Where does that leave me when I'm battling systemic racism and white supremacy while also enduring misogynoir within my own community? Where does that leave black women who are having our lives taken like Toyin who was on the front lines for black liberation only to be murdered by a black man? Where does that leave little black girls when their molesters go unpunished because they're seen as fast or grown? Where did that leave Breonna Taylor when her case got delayed coverage because movements against police brutality are centered around black men? Now let's say I put being a woman over being black. How does that work when black women are disproportionately affected by sexual assault, domestic violence, homicide, but mainstream feminism has always been centered around white women? How does it work when white women continue to benefit from the oppression of black men and women? And my queerness can't come before my blackness. Not when my blackness is far more identifiable. Not when a lot of white people refuse to acknowledge that despite being queer, they still hold power and privilege over black people. And lastly, how can I put being black over being LGBTQ? When little black kids are being abused, unaliving themselves, being left homeless, having to sell themselves all because they're queer. When just last week, me and my girlfriend were disrespected by a black man all because we dared to hold hands in public. How does it work when my brothers and my sisters believe that my existence as a queer person is destroying the black community? 
Y'all are fine with Dave Chappelle spreading narratives that oppress black trans people as well, but us being on TV is an agenda. So at the end of the day, my existence is intersectional and so is my oppression. Putting certain parts on the back burner will always leave me marginalized in some way. And if I have to shrink any part of my identity to fit in with y'all's movements, then I have to create my own. So that clip was compliments of TikTok. Bryce Ryson, Ryshaton, sorry if I've said your name wrong. Intersectionality explained in less than three minutes. Loved it, loved it, and loved it. On to the next queer clip. Transgender awareness. Now granted this was from earlier this year. So November this year. Uh, this is compliments of Wishy Williams and Miss Tyra. So, have a listen. Kia ora, tala falava, everybody. My name is Tyra. Kia ora, hello, and I am Wishy. And, and we're here to, to talk, talk about Changida Awareness Week, which goes from November the 13th to the 19th. What is it you may be asking? And who are transgender people? Well, sis. Well, sis. Transgender is a term for those of us who identify as a different gender that we are assigned at at birth. So, basically, in a nutshell, my sister, I'll use more as an example. Um, I was born as a male boy, and now I identify and live as a female girl. Yes, and those of us from underneath this umbrella have also existed in every culture around the world for centuries, according to history. Mm. Speaking of trans visibility, didn't I see you on TV the other week playing netball, sis? Yes, that was Shane. Girl, yes to the pronouns. For disclaimer, no offense intended for educational purposes only. So that's all. Haley, short and sweet, trans power. Nice one, ladies. All right, busting myths about HIV. This is coming uh, all the way. Do you want to tell that story? To you from Katie Info. This is Canada. The first movie, what was it called? There was a kiss that took place between a positive person and a negative person. I remember walking out of the movie and hearing, overhearing uh, some uh, other people saying, oh, I didn't know you could get it from a kiss. Freaking out seemed to be the, uh, kind of the, the baseline for the vast majority of the population. One of the parties I actually was invited to, like a sleepover with some of my friends when we were like fourth grade or something like that, one of the friend's parents, like the host parent, was contacted by another one of my friend's parents and was just like, are you sure that you want Ashley at the sleepover because of her HIV? And then the host parent was like, yeah, why not? Like, she's going to have a good time. It's like, if you don't want your daughter there, she doesn't have to come. Someone can be HIV positive and undetectable, and there's, like, no risk of them transmitting the virus to anyone else. But there's still people who don't know that, even though there has been, like, a lot of education. People sitting on toilet seats and getting it, which I think is bizarre. Share a utensil with someone who has HIV, you can get it because of, like, the saliva. There was a time when a lot of people would freak out. And I never actually experienced that. It was just my partner and we just deal with uh, whatever it was that came up. Like for me, it wasn't a big deal at all, no. 
people living with HIV on effective treatment can pass it on. Notice that you can't be as intimate with your partner if your partner is negative while you're positive. That needs to kind of change because we get to have the best of everything. You got to think about the person, but you got to think about the science behind it too. And it's like, it's so preventable. People living with HIV on effective treatment can't pass it on. You can't pass it on. You can't pass it on. This was brought to you compliments of Katie, Canada's source for HIV and hepatitis C information. Stunning. Okay, on to our next queer clip for now. This week, homosexuals, 1964, this is an extract. Have a listen, really interesting. Ways back, 1964. In every large organisation, like every big firm, every civil service department, the armed forces and so on, there must be hundreds, even thousands. If all the homosexuals were to leave their jobs simultaneously, the economy of the country would be thrown into something like chaos. In Britain alone, there are at least one million men and one million women who are homosexual. Now, for some reason, the law takes an entirely different attitude toward the two sexes in this matter. Between women, homosexuality is perfectly legal, but between men, it's a crime, rendering the offender liable to several years of imprisonment. There are only half a dozen countries in the world in which it is a crime, but for some reason, Britain is one of them. So what's it like then to be a male homosexual in Britain today whose only choice is between a lifetime of complete sexual abstinence or being a criminal? Pretending the whole time, guarding your language the whole time. Um, I feel that to a certain extent homosexuals can be recognised by what they say, even when they're discussing perfectly ordinary topics. Therefore, I, I guard what I say, even on perfect ordinary topics. I guard what I say the entire time. How do you think homosexuals reveal themselves when they're talking about ordinary topics? Perhaps in the assumptions they make about their future, which are going to be different from heterosexual futures. Um, I make a deliberate effort in my conversation, sometimes, to imply that marriage is in my future. But talking at ease, I might give away the fact that, in practice, I know it's not going to be at any part of my future. I might make some remark which shows I take it for granted that marriage, children, perhaps even a house, are sort of something I know are perhaps never going to happen to me. And that is possibly a giveaway. Did you find it very hard to come to terms with the fact that you are homosexual? Yes. From about 16 till about 20, 22 or 23. Um, the whole of that time it was associated in my mind with guilt, sordid matters, elderly unpleasant men. Um, it was in no way associated with reasonable, mature, normal, ordinary, pleasant people. What happened to change this? <laughs> I met somebody who was reasonable, ordinary, pleasant, mature and normal and who was queer. Wow, how's that eh Fano? A bit of a blast from the past. The next and last queer clip we've got, the soccer player Ashlyn Harris living her truth. Have a listen. Hi, hello, my name is Ashlyn Harris. 
I am a professional soccer player. I started playing soccer when I was about four years old. When I was young, I just never saw people like me. So I didn't really know what was out there. I always felt different. And whatever different meant, I really wasn't sure. My only foundation was sports. Like soccer was where I was totally free, just to be me. And I played with the boys. And I played with boys until I was probably 15. And it just felt like I fit, in, like it, it felt like home to me. So I get to college and I start hearing more about openly gay people and, you know, openly bisexual people. I started to really like find myself in college and I was so scared. Clearly in women's sports, there's a lot of open gay women. So I, I feel like it was just the start of everything. When I came into professional sports, that's kind of like when my life changed. I stopped caring about what people thought. I knew that I could only live my story. I stopped trying to act like someone I wasn't. So I actually didn't come out till uh, 2019. We uh, kind of just dropped a bombshell about being engaged and it was right before the 2019 World Cup. I just finally got to the point that I started to feel I was losing myself by hiding who I was and I wasn't willing to do that anymore. Um, I, I had this conversation with Allie and I just told her, you know, I'm just ready to feel the weight lifted off of my chest and just live my truth. It only makes us all better when we can finally have the freedom to live the way we choose, not what society determines for us. Being a part of the change has been the best reward in my career. So you can take all the World Cup medals, you can do all of you know the accolades and the records. Single-handedly, someone coming up to me and telling me how I've impacted their life just living my truth is the greatest gift. So the only way we're gonna actually create change and continue progressing is to have really, really hard conversations. Please consider supporting Athlete Ally and Chevrolet will match your donation up to $25,000. Authentic Voices of Pride, compliments of QWERTY, uh, and LGBTQ nation. Now, if you didn't know, Ashlyn Harris uh, is an American soccer player uh, for New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC for the National Women's Soccer League. Now, in the highest division of women's professional soccer in the States. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Car pie. Well, that is all the time we have for in terms of queer clips. Let's go into a beat. Move Your Feet by Angelo Ferrari, Andrea Monta and Carl H. Stay tuned, whānau.
You're tuned back into the Flat Out Pride Hour here on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. Live stream and podcast us via freefm.org.nz. Um, Viewer accessmedia.nz app, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and now on iHeartRadio. Flat Out. Lady H on your mic for your final show of 2021. I hope that wherever you are in Aotearoa, across international waters, that you are having some kind of rest, some kind of break, a way to see and be in the positivity that you can find, muster up around you. We are in a um, a really odd and unstable um, positioning for everyone in the world and just know that you're not alone whanau um take care out there uh, from me from us the team here at free fm from us at flat out pride we send out love light and laughter out to you all out there wherever you are uh, we love having you on board we love your continued support um and tuning in every Friday to hear what's hot and happening, tapping into our, our book face page, Flat Out Pride. We love having you on board. Take care out there. Have a fabulous new year wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Be safe. Be safe on the streets. Be safe in the sheets. Condoms and lube are your safest form of protection. Far no. From Lady H and the team here at Free FM, Merry New Year. We will catch you in the new one. Much love. Kakite ano. And unfortunately, we have run out of time. I can't even give you events because time is up. Time, time. Use it wisely, Fano. We'll catch you on up next week. Mauri ora. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.